This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Yeah, Kim Awena can best be described as a power for good. The last time I spoke to her was at the beginning of the lockdown to learn more about the incredible work that she and her colleagues, Jesse and Shlingiwe and Corsi, were doing with the Blessings Eco Preparatory School. She's back today to talk about a new educational center she has set up on the premises of the Brackpan Hebrew Congregation. The aim of the center is to educate those interested in learning more about the Jewish belief and practice, as well as to maintain a Jewish presence on the East Rand. Yakima, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Yakima, I saw the most beautiful pictures on your Facebook page of Lovely little children all holding little Rosh Hashanah containers. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so we decided to uh, celebrate uh, Rosh Hashanah with the children of Blessings Eco Preparatory School. Um, the school is located on the premises like I discussed our last meeting we had. And we've decided that um, we're teaching the children principles of Judaism, but not from a religious point, just from an equality stand. So we do like mitzvahs with them and we so we decided we would celebrate a little bit of Rosh Hashanah with them so we decided to give them some cakes and stuff just to yeah feel be a part of the the holiday yeah can you just remind me how many kids are in your care so um in our care at the actual school it's about at the moment because of COVID it's it's it's, um, different so we're limited um, because of uh, social distancing but normally we have about 50 children but in the settlement which we work in in Plastic City there's about 600 children we try and assist. Wow that's a lot of children so um okay tell me a little bit about what you have in mind for the Brackman Centre. Okay, so what happened was um, during lockdown, we, we had a um, a shul that was still running services. The Brackpan shul still had quite a identity. There was less people, but for about 15 years, my uncle, which uh, actually passed away during lockdown, he would go through to Sarum Gardens and he would bring people um, to the facility to enjoy a day out. Um, since he passed away, I could see that the stress got onto my dad. Um, to think how what we were going to do with the synagogue because uh, we could not get other people from Samuel Gardens anymore, and there's very little Jews left in Brackpan. So me with my partner, uh, Jesse Nakosi, we we thought, you know, out the box a little bit, and we thought in memory of my uncle, we couldn't just let um, the shul in, in our closed doors. So we decided that we would open an equality center. Um, it's called the Harvest um, Center of Judaism and Equality. So the the shul would still stand as a museum um, and also would be a presence for the Jews of the whole of the East Rand. So we're trying to encourage people to give us artifacts or history um, that speaks to the whole um, um, center of Jews that came, rather than Ashkenazi Jews that came to the East Rand. Um, and also, you know, in a few years' time, there won't necessarily be Jews actually in the East Rand. So it's important to show a presence. So the synagogue would be kept pristine. Um, it's still very pristine to the day it was opened. It's nearly a hundred years old. Um, and people of all types of people, um, are allowed to come to the synagogue and be in its presence and see the synagogue and see it in its glory. Um, then the quality side of it would be that we would have talks, uh, very similar to what happens at the Holocaust and Genocide Center in Joburg. We want to encourage people to come to uh, Brackpan and see our history 
and also specifically for children. I feel it's very important to teach children of all religions and all cultures from a very young age because it shows equality. You know, it doesn't um, create segregation and oppression. It actually teaches children from a young age the different qualities of uh, different cultures. And, I mean, Judaism is not just a religion. It's a culture. So I feel that it's very important um, to bring that across. So we decided we would open the center uh, from next year, and it would be a stand for equality more than anything else. Um, yeah. Yeah, Kim, what has the reaction been thus far? The reaction's actually been very good. Um, I know that not everybody would see eye to eye with it, um, but from different perspectives, the, the, the energy we're putting out, uh, we're bringing actually energy back that understand our cause, especially with issues of xenophobia and things such as that. Jews understand that conflict. Um, it's in our history. And I feel a lot of people, look, it's not going to be for everybody. I understand that. But the, the response has been pretty good, especially um, from people that have left Brackpan and want the shortest to still stand, not to land up like a lot of other synagogues, um, you know, with issues of vandalism and things such as that. So people are very, I think they're very interested and they feel good to the fact that there would always be a presence. And also that presence looks after the cemetery. Um, a lot of people don't understand that if a Jewish presence in a town disappears, who's going to look after the cemetery? Um, and that is our history. Those are our ancestors that lie there. And that's very, very important. So I think a lot of people see that that relationship uh, between the two and also to to teach um, about our history as Jews in Brackpan and East Strand. I mean, we brought a lot of good um, movements to these towns, especially in property and as professors. I mean, I think I'm okay. I could be wrong, but there's a few university professors from the Jewish congregation that came out of Brackpan. I'm not exactly sure about the amount. But from that point of view, it's it's very interesting. Um, so yes, uh, I think the response is good, and yeah. I remember talking to um, someone from Beit Hashbasot, who and yeah. they have just come out with the latest book on the East Rand and and surroundings, and the, the vibrancy of the communities there, Brackband, Benoni, was yeah. absolutely amazing. And I agree, there must be such a lot of history. And in terms of the museum, I'm quite excited at the thought. And, and yeah. I just wonder, are you in, are you, will you be doing the museum yourself? What kinds of things are you looking for? Are you looking for oral histories? Are you looking for pictures? What are you looking for? So, um, I think anything like, uh, photograph, uh, photographs, um, any archive material, even videos, because in our little center we have, we would show screenings of like old, uh, mitzvahs and weddings and, um, events such as that. And also people can give oral information. And also we already started a little museum about a few years ago in memory of my grandparents, um, Edie and Kali Wayner. Uh, which was also, they were actually very well known in the, Bra- in the Brackpan circle as they were, uh, professional dancers. So we like have some of their dresses, their wears, what they wore as dancers. Um, and also we have old, we have all the wedding registries also that people that got married in Brackpan. And that's very interesting because you'll see some like actual famous people. Um, so it's interesting from that point. So we, we're collecting anything that connects them. Um, to the any congregation across the East Rand, not necessarily just Brackpan. Uh, we wanted to be a presence for all, 
Um, so even for Springs, you know, what happened in Springs, uh, a lot, there was also a lot of history there. So all of that could come to us. So anybody out there that has anything they would love to donate, um, they would get a donation certificate, of course, and also would know which lot it goes into in um, our registry. Um, so, yes, that type of stuff we would be collecting. And also, like, uh, interesting stuff, like even photographs from their wedding. Um, upstairs, we have the room where they were prepped for their wedding. So, yeah, any interesting things that show the presence that we, we don't want it to die. You know, it's, it's, our, it's my ancestors. Um, I'm not a Jew myself. I'm not regarded a Jew because my mother's not a Jew. But I feel it's my duty uh, because I can keep that presence alive in Brackpan for my ancestors. I think it's incredible what you're doing. I think it's incredible in terms of preserving our heritage, you know, still being Heritage Month. Um, it is important to keep those stories alive. And I just know the feedback I get to shows when we talk about country communities, how excited people get and it brings back memories. Um, certainly my, my late father was from Nigel and I'd be happy to go and look for any photos that I could contribute. Um, yeah. Yakima, but you're also doing this incredible work for the, the surrounding communities and Plastic City. And yeah. I know you've, um, are an award-winning journalist for your documentary. And I'm wondering, just to end off, whether you mind telling us a little bit about that so people can just know a little bit more about the work that you are doing. Okay. Um, so the harvest was shot over 2018-2019. It was released last year on, um, I think it was International Soil Day. So the documentary follows the children um, that live in Plastic City, which is a recycling community. It shows the conflict that they experience as uh, regarded as as, um, immigrants. And it's very strong. And you would think in our constitution today, we would be more understanding or show more humanity towards different people. I know we're going through this black lives notion right now, but for me, I see so many where black lives don't matter. And it's important for us to show that all lives matter. Um, that's very strong in my latest documentary called Ndlala. But the harvest, coming back to the harvest documentary, what we're very happy about is that people are understanding um, the link that these children matter. And every child at the end of the day is a child. And it's very heartbreaking to see that we still see children. We alienate children. And for me, I mean, we are surprised when we have monsters in this world. We have, we're surprised when we have evil. We're surprised when we have chaos and violence. But then you come to it where a person so easily, a constitution um, writes that every child's life matters, but that is not principally carried on through um, our society. And that was something very interesting through the harvest that people could relate to, you know, the understanding, especially from a Jewish um, response, because in the harvest project, I actually took on the concept that infiltrates most of my projects is that we teach our children how to harvest their own food. And that is a therapy point because um, I remember a story when my father told me when I was very young, um, I went to Yad Vashem and I remember how it affected me of what happened to the children. And the Jewish children, um, till to date, are the, went through the most persecution. They, they went through the most uh, hardship as children. I mean, 1.6 million Jewish children were murdered, were slaughtered. So that pushes me a lot through these kids because I don't want that same reality um, for them. 
And the, the, the concept that we chose of the infiltration of therapy of harvesting actually came from the story um, in a lot of the um, ghettos in Lithuania that they, they had secret food gardens um, that they believed, the communities believed, actually gave their children hope um, in the line of death. So we've used that same hope in the line of actually giving these children a life. Um, so coming back to our latest documentary, Ndlala, which actually means hunger, we the documentary follows our COVID uh, project that we had, the Harvest Relief Project, COVID-19 Relief Project, where we actually attended issues of hunger during COVID. Um, we saw crazy things. And, you know, what actually kept us going was the fact that um, we believed that everyone needed to have a meal. Um, even if we could have only provided them one meal daily. And at first it started as children, uh, feeding children, and then we saw that we had to attend all. And that comes to it at the end of the day, all lives matter because all lives are going to reflect one another. If there's hunger and it creates chaos, it's going to affect everybody. Um, so it actually, and Lala shows us the real issues that we face, not just during COVID. It highlighted issues we face in our country and actually in the world that hunger has become actually acceptable in many cases. And we're more emotional and more sensitive about how we how we reflect one another in this country instead of problems that persist, but we just have learned to live with. Yeah, Kima, um, I described in the beginning as a powerful good. Uh, it's incredible the work that you do do and the consequences of it are going to be so far-reaching. And I think, you know, we're so pleased, well, I am, that you are, you know, doing this in the name of Judaism and um, helping people also realize different religions there are and sensitivity to them and respect for them. So from my side, just keep up the incredible work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want to say um, we could have never have done anything, you know, none of this if it wasn't for my father, Ernest Weiner, and my late uncle, Jeffrey Weiner. Um, he had so much love and compassion for the people in Sarum Gardens, and he's truly missed. But we're doing it all in memory of them. Um, my father's still strong. He still wants to push it and make a university in, in Brackpan, and he's trying to do a lot of good for the town. Um, and it, all their intentions is is to uplift society and to try and uplift poverty. On that very beautiful note, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. And stay well. Look after yourself. That was Yakima Wayne from the Blessings Eco Preparatory School.